welcome to a new episode of DevSecOps Talks with me, Matthias, Andre, and Julian. Today's podcast will be about metrics, logs, and tracing, and which one you should start with. So since last week, what have you been uh, working on? Anybody working on some uh, unikernels? Yeah, actually, I have a little bit of follow-up since uh, last time. Yeah. Uh, we, we tr- I mentioned that I have a friend. Well, well, we recorded the episode on Ops. I mentioned I have a friend who wanted to try it out. Yeah. And uh, his app was Elixir-based. Yeah. And it turns out there, there are problems with Elixir when it comes to Ops. So the image that they provide with, uh, with the kernel isn't working yet. It was failing with some stack traces, and we felt that... Probably we are not Linux kernel developers to troubleshoot it. And we found a couple of issues on the GitHub, so it feels like that the Ops team, they are aware of it. It just needs some work, and they're a pretty small team that just doesn't have time for everything. So I did the experiments with a Golang-based applications, and I was able to have them uh, say iMice and then running an after-scaling group just fine. So Golang works fine, Elixir not, not yet. Uh, and another thing that I just want to mention is that AWS released something that they call Apps Runner, which is, in my taste, is the closest to Heroku, basically. Ah, that's you have a repository, and if you have a Docker file in a root, you could push that to GitHub, and I think they work with GitHub at the moment. And then they will build that Docker image and will run that for you. So it's as close as gets for Heroku. Plus, you can configure IAM instance profiles to get roles. And um, it scales automatically as you need it. And it adds additional container instances. So the limitations I saw in the beginning, I just actually run Nginx on it. Yeah. Just did a very simple example. Instead of uh, building container, provided it with uh, already existing container. And uh, there is no no possibility at the moment to run that inside VPC, which kind of limits your possibilities. Yeah. Also, like with the access, and it's only one container, and it's very rare that your application consists from one container. But also, like since it doesn't run within VPC, I'm it wasn't really clear to me how do you connect to database from if if your database and inside VPC. So the application seems to be quite limited at the moment. Though it works. I mean... I think I have a similar... Julian, you have to correct me here if I'm wrong, but uh, Google Cloud has their flexible engine, uh, which I run. I just... just, There there is the app engine. Yeah. And the flexible uh, used to be the Docker and runs that for me. Sorry? Yeah, the, the the flex environment just takes a Docker file from me, or like a Git repo, builds a Docker and then runs it. Oh, you uh, mean yeah. Cloud Run? No, yeah, it's the App it's Engine Flexible. No, it's App Engine Flexible environment. Flex. I I learned something today. I, I barely touch those things because they are very. I usually deal with containers, so to be <laughs> honest, that is something I should. Have a look into because it's kind of like a Heroku 
style kind of yeah. workflow, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you just do like Vclo. Yeah, I, yeah. Set, I, set, yeah. I set up containers. I use a cloud build with a you know, cloud source and my workflow is automated from there. Mm. So I have the same experience, but I, I'm so used to setting up myself. I haven't looked at that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but you say cloud is coming after us. <laughs> now you don't need to set up no bills, no nothing. You just yeah. no load balancers, no nothing. You just push and it works. Code, code, code. And it is great. I mean, it's beautiful. There is nothing to, to get broken unless Amazon broke, breaks something themselves. I However, heard, I heard from one listener that uh, Azure is going to be the one cloud wide is going to win because they're going to hook up GitHub to Azure. And then mm. uh, it's gonna be a game yeah, over for everybody well. else. Ouch! Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They also have a exclusive deal with uh, OpenAI for the GT- GPT three uh, machine, machine machine learning thingy. Yeah. So and they want to integrate that into the next generation of tooling. Mm. Oh wow! So if yeah. they execute that correctly. Might my, my, my be something really special. However, Microsoft is not the company known for the best kind of execution. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. 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 There are a lot of opportunities, but there are a lot of things to screw up. Yeah. yeah. So, it really depends. So today, I have a struggle. Do you, want, do you want to hear about my struggle? I saved for this talk. Maybe I can get yeah. some help from you. Yeah. Tell us. <laughs> you know, when you, when you go to a conference, uh, I'm going to give you an example. There was a conference, a QCon conference. It wasn't the one mm. we met, but the, the one before. And for example, no. we were looking at uh, OpenShift demo. And this guy mm. was showing me like, how easy you can install OpenShift with Ansible. Right? Mm. Really simple. It's running. And then we... But it worked for company that produces OpenShift. Yeah, That's exactly. Really it's really simple. Then you and it looked at like, and you saw that, well, it's running with the flag, right? Don't validate. When you don't validate anything. So then, of course, it works. You just install that, right? And we have mm. spent, like, months trying to work with validate on because we want, like, SD Linux and all that shift. So what I'm coming to is, like, when you go to conferences, it's always green fields. Like, things are working. It's, like, super easy and presentation almost always work, right? But when mm. you start working, it's so much harder to to get into the work. I mean, like logs, like starting to getting logs out of your cluster and manage them, that's like almost a full-time work. Yes. But I don't see anybody at the conference saying like, okay, this is going to be a two-hour presentation of logs, right? I tell you why. Yeah, please. A progressive part of humanity is moving to the cloud and they're not setting up their own log infrastructure. (laughs) They're using managed service. And then you actually have on the cloud provider side people who are paid to work on a log infrastructure full time. Um, I mean, it's such a thankless job to configure logs infrastructure. So you probably shouldn't be doing it yourself. Of course, I understand there is a there is a progressive part of humanity, and yeah. there are people on prem. Yeah, but you're, um, sometimes you need to like get 
you know, insight from your logs, right? So you need to work mm. with them. I mean, if you go to Google Analytics and other, they give you like a basic flow of what you can see in your logs, but that maybe don't reflect actually what your app is is working on and what kind of data you're producing. Mm. So in that sense, uh, it's a good value for for the company to to parse the logs and like uh, extract different kinds of metrics from them, right? Sure, uh, but uh, are we talking of? It, it depends where the logs come from. Like, is this from a tool or is this from an application that the developer in house <coughs> has made? Yeah, is it a third party application log or is it like a in house built uh, logs? I f- think it's. it's it's both. I mean, uh, when you start uh, uh, an in-house application, is uh, have you seen some apps that like logs perfect format at once, right? Or what is that? Is, do you always want to see logs in JSON? Is that the format you want to see, or is it a standard like syslog format? I, I always wonder why. Well, it, it's more for parsing, right? Yeah. It's because JSON is very uh, like easily parsable doesn't mean it's performant but it's like easy to parse yeah because the grammar is really simple but in for you know it's easier than to do you know magic regex that you know nobody yeah. will understand six months down the road like yeah. there's, a, there's a joke with that it's like if, if you have a problem and you solve it with a regex now you have two problems yeah uh, you, you <laughs> yeah, know exactly. regex are really not maintainable yeah. um it's uh, it's really tough and so that's why we, we move to, towards those formats that you can uh, archive or at least index as a file and both in the database. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you store JSON in a file and, you know, zip it, it's quite an efficient storing format. It's yeah. really hard to query, though. So you understand you have the trade-off between yeah. archiving and, and querying, and that's what you need to think about. But the first question when logging is like, what do you need from the logs? Like, do you want to see if there is an error? So it's for debugging purposes. Do you want to see if uh, a transaction has occurred? So basically, that, that's usually money. Yeah. Um, you know, like, what, what kind of events do you want to record from that? And what do they mean? Yeah. What value do they bring? And start from there and then see, like, okay, well, actually, 99% of the logs are completely useless. I just want those three. And so that you can filter. So, so I, I always say like I want logs in in JSON and then stand out. Then I can fetch them with with the tools I provide for for the platform. Uh, but yeah, and, and start with that. And I will always want them in JSON, uh, right? Well, uh, let's say structured. You want them structured, structured. according yeah. to some format. JSON is one. There is OSI uh, standard or what I'm saying. Well, Container runtime interface standard for the logs as well. Yeah. So there, there, there are different types of yeah. format, but have a format, not yeah. a string. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> a good start. Good, and then like also trying to get like a common sense so that in the company we use the same name for the same things. Like IP address is like IP address. It's not IP here and dot IP address here and like. IP remote mm. in other place like same name so so you know what it means and then a structured thing, uh, yeah. But how how um, do you have any tips on getting logs from from the, the pods or apps uh, only into the pipeline? 
Sure. So you have very, depending on the use case, of course, it can vary. So there, there is the, the logs that are on the node in Kubernetes. Yeah. So if you're running your application in Kubernetes, it's like the nodes, the node has some logs. The problem is if the pod gets evicted or rescheduled, you, you lose. So you have to match just the, yeah. you know, the logs yourself, which is really not a place you want to be. Like it's, it's way too complicated if you ask me, but so what you want is cluster logging. Yeah. So you, you want mm-hmm. to have an identifier. You want to filter the logs per application. And that there is various formats. So for instance, and especially if you migrate like a legacy application, usually those are read writing to the file system. But if you are in Kubernetes or in a container, writing to the file system is kind of like a dangerous because they are ephemeral. Yeah. So the trick is to create uh, inside a pod, you create a volume and you made that application write to that volume. And yeah. from there, you can have a sidecar or another po- another container inside the pod yeah. that reads at interval yeah. from there and route it to whatever you know uh, backend yeah. services you you want to store the logs. But do you store uh, them then right? If you have the sidecar that reads logs, because I always try to set up that my applications or that runs always log to standard out. And then I have my services that always read these logs from the nodes and start processing them in the in, in my log flow, more or less. Which means when I set up a, a sidecar container, it just reads the file and then spits it in standard out for me. So I don't sidestep any step of, of the, the chain of logs here. Yeah, and so they they are they are under, like the the kubelet is access to those logs, right? Yeah. And and so from there you can easily route it, and instead of having the routing inside the cluster, you have it on the node. Yeah. So you know they ship everything into a backend uh, from the from the v, the node side, yeah. and that's also like that's basically how most cloud providers do it. Because it's the most efficient way, you know. You have one application that figure for all the the containers on that node, and uh, so it, it's more efficient compute-wise. Yeah, but uh, I think that uh, GCP they have this. You can check in a checkbox, right? Get logs, and you get them to stack yeah. driver. But on AQS, I think you need to manage your own logs. I have no idea. About so that. I uh, I always set up like a fluent a fluent, fluent bit. Demon set that reads a log from the nose and then start using them in, in my in my log flow. Yeah, the fun part about uh, so Fluent D is the Ruby log uh, parser. Yeah, and forwarder, and Fluent Bit is has been rewritten in uh, C code. Yeah, so it's a little bit more efficient. Uh, I don't have any benchmark to to prove it, but yeah, I, I'm sure that can be found on the internet. Yeah. I actually use them uh, use them both, but for different purposes. Uh, so I started using Fluent Bit as reading logs, right? Small, and then uh, from Fluent Bit I add them to a queue, right? Because I I can't scale them because there are only one on every node, so I can't scale the number of pods there. I only have one, so it should be small and quick, and it just delivers to a queue, like mostly a RabbitMQ or something. Uh, and then I have a Fluent D then reads from that queue and do all the parsing that I need to do on logs, right? 
Because the Frontier then runs as a demon set, so I can scale that up with, with number of pods that I need. And then from Fluent D, I can store it to my storage location. Uh, but, but, or there's some other way of working with log other than Grok. Because I always end up with Grok and Grok and Grok and Grok. Sure, uh, that's the thing. Is um, er, the the closest to the the source of the log you you filter, the better your logs are gonna be. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, people don't have the time or the capacity to to you know work on that part. So, yeah, I mean th- there are standard logging libraries in most language for a reason. It's more like, yeah, we, you do, so you don't have to reinvent that wheel. Um, but it, it becomes very much a data engineering problem. Let, let's, let's forget that it's logs. Let's say it's uh, it's user data. How would yeah. you process that? And, yeah. and think about it. Like, G, gRPC is quite efficient. Why, why don't you log or directly write to a, you know, a database from the application instead of... Sending that to standard output, having to parse them, filter them, and you know, it, it's you save quite a lot of middleman, you know, yeah. a lot of step by directly writing to database if you want to to see it. And usually, at scale, logging is a, is really terrible, especially in microservices, because let's say you have an application and that application is uh, logging, you know, for she's doing it's it's doing something. If you split that application in two services, now you have twice the log because you have to log that you send a message, log that you receive a message, log that you receive the reply. And so it's exponential by the number of services. So your your cost of networking and storage is going to go exponential. So you're going to die before, you know, (laughs) run out of money before you even have a problem. But why would you log the, the fact of receiving the message? Don't use tracing to take care of that? Yeah, of course. That's <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. There is always a solution. Here I'm yeah. talking like, I'm taking an example to show that how, you know, logging and microservices is a big no-no. That's that's my point. It's, it's really, it's cost too much. And of course, there are solutions for that. And tracing is actually a brilliant one. But uh, I mean, should you focus more on tracing than logs? I think when you started in deploying services, I mean, logs are a natural way. We always have them and like starting looking at. Them. I mean, tracing is uh, maybe a big step to start with. Or well, you can think of it as a trace. It's like a selfish log. You understand? If you have only one service, and th- there is a trace for that service, like that, that a log is indistinguishable from a trace because there's only one. But as soon as you have two, you you have the correlation idea. And the thing is that you have to be mindful of what you put inside the trace yeah. because you're, you're oh. kind of limited in some way to the amount of data that you can ship. Um, and so you become mindful about what you want to see in those logs. And that we come back to the question, like what, what, what are you logging? What do you need to know? House uh, checks. This is what, what people look. Health checks. <laughs> All checks. of them. Yeah. No, but oh, I, just, I just got a request from my load balancer. Oh, I got another one. And, and one more. The health check is passing. I'm getting requests from the load balancer. It's probably the most. Super, 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 super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But so sometimes you want like you want deeper data from from your your request, right? Uh, you can if you only log two hundred five hundred, you don't know the what kind of browser you need to support or uh, where your API client has for access key. Maybe those so, you need to log so you can see more deeply what kind of traffic you get. But technically, you don't need to log those. You need to aggregate those, and that's not the same. Meaning, no. you don't need to keep the raw data. You just want to know the statistics over time of those uh, of that information. Yeah. And so that that's not logging. Logging is very much uh, an immutable event. Like this happened at that time, and it cannot be changed. That's a log to me. But uh, what you want is actually the the logs over time. So what happened? If we take last month, how many you know of that browser did we have? Yeah, and and that's all you need. You don't need to know the IP of each browser. Browser, and so that's the. the yeah, but don't you get? You need to get the logs, and then you need to parse them to get out that, uh, you know, aggregated data, and then store that in. Yeah, you, you 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 could get that from your load balancer access logs, for instance. You don't have to do yeah. that on the application level. No, no, no but one of so the. So you logs, have to. Yeah. You, you have you have to decide. What you log where, right? Yeah, yeah. What type of the logs your infrastructure already have available? Like yes. you might have like a flow logs in your in your network, VPC flow logs if you speak yeah. about AWS. You have load balancer access logs. Yeah. And those might I don't think they contain uh, agent information, but you might have something else there, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, think of what's available if you're using API gateways. Yeah. There, you have it in a log, for instance. Yes, I mean the application don't need to log the, the request. I mean the, the ingress or whatever can log that, but you still get logs from, yeah. from them, and then you need to aggregate them and then and store them. Uh, yeah, but so but when you store your logs, is 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 everybody using Elastic or or you, have you looked at like Grafana's Looky? There are many storage, but, uh, you know, they, uh, I take an example. Uh, Uber, they they wrote their own database to store, you know, their metrics. And you, you, I, I'm, yeah. I'm repeating again, like they wrote their own database because they figure out that they would save money from storing logs. You understand? Like that's the level at yeah. scale of it. The, the, the database is called M, M3, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And... You you know, when you're at that scale, the every every byte counts uh, yeah. per per request, and so those are a really big impact. So anything like Elasticsearch is really nice for for text search. Yeah. Uh, unless if you have unstructured log, yeah, maybe. Uh, I I don't know. I don't use Elasticsearch, but. Uh, a database will do just fine, or a time series database. There, there is quite a few there. I love Prometheus. I think it's brilliant. There is a lot of tooling around it. Uh, it's very well supported. I, I think you can go really far with just Prometheus and Grafana. Uh, they are very... Uh, I really like those companies. They're open source. They do a lot of, of work. Um, yeah, that would be my recommendation. But do, first of all, do what works for you. Yeah. But what you yeah, see, I would is... say it's pretty much it depends on the team yeah. and what team can consume. In the end of the day, you're collecting the logs for developers, to yeah. use, right? So they and, can troubleshoot, yeah, yeah. And, and if they have no idea how to use your fancy tool, unless you teach them, yeah. 
since yeah. waste. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say, like, what do you see the difference then between metrics and logs, and how do you see them working together? Well, and tracing, of course, the three, the three big ones in observability. The three pillars of observability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you see them working together here? And what do you think is the most important? What do you, if something happens to your application, which 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 program are you opening first to to see what's going on? Is it Grafana? Is it Jagger or is it uh, Kibana here to find out where the problem are? Yeah. Uh, well, it really depends on, <laughs> on the use case. Uh, That's it's, it's too wide of a question. But I would say that I mean, log, if... log is an event. Metrics are statistics over time about the logs, and tracing is a causality. So you have a log that is the that happens after another one, and those are the the cause. An effect of each other, and you understand. So, you you have to think about it through time. Yeah. I, uh, also, there are, there are systems that allows you to capture exceptions, yeah. like rollbar or century or yeah. there are many others. And I usually would start with those actually because they they would collect the information about years and all the data that surrounds it. And this is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in a problem, and this is what documents the problem. Yeah. And the rest of that, the rest of the services will support investigation and decision making necessary for for the fix to address the problem. Yeah. Because none of the sources you mentioned alone might not provide you with the answer. Science. If you are logging your load balancer health checks. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck finding anything in your log. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be like all, all the health checks. You, get, you will have like seven, eight entries a minute yeah. from your health checks, and that will consume everything and all your space and all your attention there. You will have to filter those out and massage the log before it's usable. Yeah, true, true. I used to go for like, I don't use tracing right now because we started, but I would go for Grafana to see where 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 problems are, and then I go into to the logs to see them together. I'm not that big fan of rollbar. I want to see logs like collected in in a context. I can see logs from different applications at the same time to see if they have something in common that's going wrong, right? And sometimes mm. I look in rollbar, I see an error, but I don't know if like I have the same error or some other error in another application. I need to cross-reference uh, those. Yeah. But yeah. you, you can have those coming to the Slack channel and then you have a lock of them happening with, across applications. Yeah. yeah true, For instance. True, true, true. true. But if, if you will rank them then, it's like uh, the, the last question here, Julian. Like, I, I think I know the answer, but if you rank tracing metrics and logs in places one, two, three, how, how, what do you say is the most important thing to have? I would say that the one that brings the most value is tracing, hands yeah. down. Um, log, log to me has been used as a debugging tool, which it should not. Sometimes we have no choice, you know, but it's more like it should not be the default. Yeah. And m- metrics are interesting because they give you information over time, but they kind of, m- most of the time, you don't need them. Yeah. So I, I yeah. would be really mindful, unless like if you have a service level agreement and you have the number of errors, yeah, those metrics, like for your error budget, those metrics are important. 
but for the rest, you, you can uh, just study the four golden si signal, you know, like uh, with traffic, latency, error rate, and saturation, like the, the pressure on the system. And, and with those four, there is a book written about it called Saturability Engineer. Uh, highly recommend you check those in uh, for, like, it will guide you towards... Uh, what you should pay attention to. Okay. And, and that helps to know the health of your system. Uh, I agree with that. Tracing is really good science. In most cases, people have no idea what they got in the system. And yeah. ask, you're asking them, does the server talk to an, that ser service? And they're like, oh, we have no idea. <laughs> and if you have traces, at least you get the map of the system and yeah, you have exactly. an idea yeah. of what's going on. Whereas people don't really. Even if they have like five, six services, Things I already tend to get messy uh, with people forgetting that this service is actually calling that one. Yeah. So you need to have a uh, bird eye view of the system to make educated decisions. And this is what tracing most cases will give you yeah. if configured correctly. So, and then probably, yeah, logs and metrics. And with metrics, you need to be mindful of what you're collecting and what for and how it will help you. Yeah, I can tell you for, for if you get metrics, uh, if you sorry, if you get trace distributed tracing, yeah, and then you go back to a, a place where you don't have tracing, you cry. You understand? Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's painful. It's extremely painful. And so I would say if you have to choose one, pick tracing because it will pay off much much further than all the the other. It's surprisingly hard to convince customers with that they always postpone that. We would often say, like, yeah, yeah but, let's but do tracing. I, and they think, yeah, we heard about that. Sounds really good. But we do we do locks first. We do elk. But I it's, have confessed like I'm doing the topic. same. We haven't started with tracing. Metrics, you get that. Logs, you start with that. And tracing is like, yeah, it would be nice. I don't know. Maybe should you have it, but... But very few people know about it. That's the problem. The, the, yeah, it, exactly. It, yeah. It, takes, it takes a bit of DevOps skills to implement that. And yeah. that's where people are stuck because they don't, they don't know how to use that, yeah, uh, how you, to get started. If, 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 if you don't use any kind of service mesh, yeah. Yeah. then you, in most cases, you would have to argument the code in order to inject the instrumentation of the requests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Service meshes can give you quite far, not not 100% coverage, but they can give you some understanding of what's going on. But yeah, the full-fledged full tracing would be a perfect thing if you have it. Wow, I need to start looking at tracing then. Okay, yeah, it's worth it. Yes, it's same. definitely worth it. Maybe then your struggle will end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we we'll wrap up this podcast with those words then. Tracing number one. Okay. Thank All you right. for listening and stay tuned for more episodes and notes about uh, this talk on the webpage, <laughs> which is devsecops.fm. Julian, you need to join. You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias Andre and Julian. For more podcast and notes go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.